It's 4 o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live! Woohoo! This week, starring special guest star Rob Shirelli. Yeah, baby! Is Rob Shirelli here? No, not yet. Kill that band. Thank you, fake band. Thank you, fake audience. Hello, everybody. I gotta keep reminding myself. I always put the uh, camera on a webcam, or on a, uh, put the webcam camera on a tripod to the right of the computer when I have a guest here so that I can get a little more distance for the big two shot. And I keep looking at my laptop thinking you guys are in there, but you're not. But you know who is? Our special chat room filled with people. Uh, Paul Krieg, Jay Williams, Gloria Covington, Marion Laird, Dan Weber, Kurt Wurzbach, uh, Soul Rest Music, Jay Williams Productions, Michael, Del I mean, Howard Delnick, John Griffin, Marion Laird, Fantamalonis, uh, Linda Collum, Pierre Veniat, I'm not sure, uh, uh, Christopher Hargrove. Anyway, hello, everybody. Rob is stuck in traffic on his way here, but if you've been watching the show for any amount of time, you already know, Shirelli never makes it at the beginning of the show, but that's good because I've got some announcements to make. So let's do those. First of all, because Bria already reminded me, you know what? It really only takes about a second to click that little button down in the corner with the cab on it and subscribe. Our, we're up to, I don't know, what are we, like 12,300, something like that. And it wasn't that long ago we crossed 10,000. So yay, go team. Um, like us, please. Just click those buttons. What the hell? You got anything better to do? Um, I really like that bell. And that bell means that you get alerts when we go live and other things like that, right? It, it alerts them when we go live. So there you go. You know, if, if you're stuck in traffic and you've got good data on your phone, just saying. And of course, share. You know what? Everybody try this experiment this week. Click the share button and email the link to yourself. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Get booted off of, um, off of YouTube. Anyway, uh, we are going to be doing um, How's My Mix with uh, Rob Shirelli, who is a, I think he's got somewhere around 100 gold and platinum records to his credit, is either engineer, producer, or mixer. Um, he's won two Grammy Awards, count them, one, two. Um, he's been nominated for more. Uh, he's got like a gazillion records on the charts at any moment in time, and he's currently the king of gospel, um, which is kind of a new thing, relatively new. In the last few years, his career has shifted over to gospel stuff uh, because I, I believe it might have been Kirk Franklin, maybe Mary Mary, I don't know. Somebody who was big in the gospel world worked with him and everybody else went, we want that guy. So he loves it, um, says the nicest clients, he's making great records and just happy as can be. So go Rob. Um, also, we will be giving away uh, some software today. Everybody who is live in the chat room on today's show is going to get a passcode for a free download of something. I'm not sure what, but uh, if you want to look at the various um, plugins that Shirelli offers, you can go to finalmix.biz, not finalmix.com, but finalmix.biz and check them out. Really amazing stuff um, and cheap. 
like 20 bucks per download per plugin. It's just ridiculously cheap. Uh, also, uh, want to remind you, Thursday night, this coming Thursday, um, we are doing the second Taxi Live Showcase on Taxi TV. And I believe we've got five acts that are playing, five this Four. year? Four acts that are playing. Uh, it starts at 8 p.m. Los Angeles time. So that would be 10 p.m. Chicago, 11 o'clock on the East Coast. And we're really sorry that it's so late. But unfortunately for us to get the really excellent video crew that they have there uh, when we start the show, we've got to do it at eight o'clock because these folks have day jobs and what have you. And uh, they actually volunteer their time, I believe, for Kulak. So last year we started at seven and it was tough getting the crew there. Um, but we are going to broadcast it live, as I said. And uh, I think that we've got uh, already a full house. Uh, so I'm not going to suggest that you come down for the show for the live thing because you'd probably be standing on a sidewalk with the fire marshal going, I'm not going to let you in. Uh, also, a reminder that the Taxi Road Rally is going to be November 7th through the 10th in Los Angeles. Uh, it's held on Century Boulevard right outside of LAX, so you do not need to rent a car. So that saves you like 150 bucks right there. Um, I believe the hotel is $140 a night. And um, what else can I tell you? We haven't started posting what the panels and classes etc are yet because we're in that window right now where if you try to book people six months out they go i don't know contact me in two or three months if you book them too late then we're up the creek without a proverbial paddle so right now is the sweet spot and i'm just starting to nail things down so uh, as we get big announcements we will let you know but we're really excited uh, go to taxi.com rally and you can look at last year's schedule and look at that and go, okay, this year is going to be at least that good and that full. So that's it. Uh, now we can just sit here and stare at me until Rob gets here. Uh, why don't we do a little Q&A until he walks through the door. Um, if you guys have any questions about anything, I'm more than happy to take them. And how says she's booked for the event and booked for rooms. Yay, woohoo! Can't wait to see you, Anne. Uh, what is the free download? I'm not sure. It'll be some form of awesome audio plugin, like a compressor or EQ or mic simulator. Who knows? Um, his stuff is really good. I hear nothing but good stuff about it. Um, how many songs did we choose for today is the question. Let's see. Bria could tell me, but because she's sitting four There's feet away 16. from me. 16. Oh, we probably might not get to them. We might not get to them all. So hurry up, Rob. Um, there you go. Uh, Michael, what is the song you've heard on the radio that you most this week that you most enjoyed? Honestly, I haven't listened to any radio this week. Um, my commute between the office and my house is nine minutes. So... Honestly, that's my part of the day where I enjoy silence most of the time. I do have a preset for classical music. I've got a preset for country music. I've got KLOS, which is the local rock station, um, 103.4, which I can't remember the name of, but that's the pop station. I've got to say my favorite musical experience of the last week or so uh, was seeing, here comes Rob now. 
There he is. Um, I, I, I saw the movie yesterday, uh, which I recommend. It's really cute. Not going to win any Oscars, but it's really, really cute. And without any further ado, what let's introduce. What movie are we talking about? Uh, yesterday, the movie. Rob Shirelli, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hello. 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 <laughs> hey, Rob. Welcome Sorry, to I'm the late. Big Show. Um, mm, this is interesting. Okay. Wow. Mm. Yeah, camera's over there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It, this way we can actually read the stuff and okay. have the cameras come Okay, okay. And, and check this out. I've added lights to the set. Right there, man. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, Deb was painting a room and she found those in the closet, so I pulled them out and added them to the big show. Ready to go. Um, I got that. Okay. Lots of stuff to give away, I suppose. Um... Good seeing you. Uh, this Again? Is, uh, twice, twice in like in a week. week. Yeah. It's a it's lot good. for us. Um, what the heck was I talking about? Uh, <laughs> Bria's like... Yesterday the movie. Oh, yesterday Hi, the movie. <laughs> uh, anyway, the movie is about... Uh, something happens and the whole world forgets about the Beatles, if they even existed or any of their music. And uh, you've probably seen the trailer, so I'm not telling anything that you don't already know. And this one young man who's kind of a, uh, about to fail musician starts remembering Beatles songs and, and playing them. And uh, the rest you'll have to see when you go to theater. But very cute. Like I said, not an Oscar winner, but especially for musicians, very enjoyable, heartwarming, and just adorable is the only word I can use to describe it. So, Rob, if you and the missus want to go see something adorable, go see Yesterday. All right. Deb and I, Deb said it was one of her favorite movies of all time. So if you guys want to go on a double date, we could take our wives and, and do, all right. do that. So, a um, um, couple of things. Okay. I decided to throw a wrench into your TV show today. Awesome. Thank you for that. I invited the Highfields to come by and say hello. Oh, you did? Is that okay. all right? Yeah, I don't know how we're going to get them in frame, but sure. They don't need to be in frame. I'll back up. Be, you know, okay. mix it up today. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Everybody's seen enough of me. I don't think so, but okay. Um, works for me. What's the other ranch? I thought you said there were a couple things. Two. Nate and Kaylee. <laughs> all right. The, just so you know, the Highfields are... Okay. Um, a husband and wife uh, writing, recording, production team that Rob has been working with now for like five or six years, something like that. And um, they've this been. This is a weird looking at that damn thing. I, I know. <laughs> you like the clown noses on the thing for isolation? Nice. <laughs> anyway, um, they've become really, I mean, they were always talented, but they have really kind of. Um, uh, uncovered the code for uh, good songwriting, writing great songs that the film and TV community and advertising community, I would say in particular, not that their stuff doesn't go everywhere, but the advertising community is in love with them and they've been doing really well. And I am putting Rob and the Highfields on the main stage at this year's road rally. Uh, so today can be kind of a tease for that. Sounds good. I was going to call you and tell you that if uh, you didn't have a car, but you obviously do, that uh, I could give you a ride home. But anyway. No, we're all set. Okay. I digress. Um, what are we doing today? What are we talking about? What we're doing today is... <laughs> never been attacked by a guest. We are doing um, How's My Mix. We're going to listen to music and comment on mixes. Mixes. All right. Let's yeah. do it. So... 
that's that. Uh, okay. Is there anything else? Oh, yeah. One more thing before we officially get started. Um, I want to read this because this was posted June 26th on our forum, taxi, uh, forums with an S.taxi.com, uh, by a resonant tone whose name is Andrew Jordan in real life. Hey, taxi friends, so excited to write this here about some of my experiences with taxi and everything that's happened thus far. February 2019, I joined Taxi, didn't know what the heck I was doing, found a listing I thought sounded like something I could do, gave it my best shot. Amazingly, got a forward for it, but never heard back. Per the advice of everyone on the forum, I kept writing and submitting. March 2019, lots of writing, some obsessing over my submissions. Sounds typical. Mm -hmm. uh, some forwards, some disappointments in songs I worked on really hard uh, that didn't get forwarded. No word from any of the music libraries. April 2019, in the course of five days, I got contacted by three separate music libraries. All of them asked me for more music. Pretty overwhelming in a good way. Uh, from there on out, I really focus on trying to create the best quality music. From there on out, I really try... I really focus on trying to create the best quality music I can while maintaining as fast a pace as possible. Sounds like a plan. Most of my time is split 50-50 with writing for libraries and writing for taxi listings. May 2019, more forwards here and there, more returns. One of the libraries likes my stuff enough to ask for an entire album to which I got some great advice here on the taxi forums. June 2019, the beginning of this month, I got contacted by two of the libraries that asked for multiple albums in multiple genres. Then, as of today, the library that asked for the album in May lets me know that a cue from it was used 10 times on the morning show on CNN. Whoa! That's good. Yep. I'm ecstatic about it, to say the least. A really great feeling and super motivating. For anyone that is wondering if Taxi is the real deal, it's the real deal, he says in all caps. Uh, none of this stuff would have happened had it not been for Taxi, uh, Taxi TV, and all you amazing people here on the forums. Can't say thank you enough for all the help and advice and hope I can provide the same to those just getting started. So the reason I wanted to read that to you guys, yes, it says nice things about the company, but that is the spirit of Taxi. And that's what you see when you come to the Road Rally, November 7th through the 10th. It's not a typical convention with a bunch of posers hanging out looking cool and like it's every man for him or herself. Um, there's a real spirit of, of cooperation and, and lifting up your fellow musician. It, it's mind-blowing. There's really no way to explain it other than just be there. But It's a great time. Everybody says that, and that's, that's exactly true. In fact, when you said that at the end of his letter, I'm, I'm, it's pl I'm pleased to read that or hear that because... That's exactly right. It's you go on the forums and people help and communicate, and it's a real kind of a different thing, you know. Yeah. You don't get that everywhere. It's a big deal. I mean, it's hard it's to really explain. Special. You know, it, it's but just standing in the registration line at the road rally, people have met um, industry people and gotten deals because of that. It, it's crazy, but. It's unlike any other mm -hmm. convention I've been to, um, certainly one of that size. There's some smaller ones uh, that I've been to that have a lot of spirit to them in community, but they're, they're tiny in comparison. This is, is really big and really awesome and really uplifting. Met a lot of good people at Taxi. You Elizabeth, have. James, the Highfields were members, of course, early on. Yeah. A lot of good people. And get to see you every year. 
and my Michael Lloyd. <laughs> uh, it's funny, Shirelli and I live. <laughs> I don't know. Pause. We, we we live four <laughs> or five houses away from each other. Dramatic we, pause. <laughs> we spend every New Year's Eve together, Fourth uh, of July together, and we live. I can see his driveway. He could see my backyard from. Uh, Standing. I could hit a golf ball from your backyard to mine. Yep, absolutely. It'd be a nice chip shot. That wouldn't even require like a, a real hit. That would be like a good chip. Anyway, with all that said, let's listen to some music, and we're just checking out the mix. Hi. Um, I tweaked my speakers the other day because I found that the, my stereo, the EQ my stereo, was a little off. So I actually tweaked it to um, Steely Dan Asia, which is my go-to track as I know it so well. So if anything sounds funny, it, it's not the stereo. It, it's where it should be. Talking about you tweaked it? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, the room sounds good. Uh, and you know what? Um, normally we don't give out the names of the people submitting the music, but we're not critiquing the music, uh, just the mixes, so we can talk about the names. So who's number one on the list? If I had my glasses, I could tell you. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Uh, start All Over by Davis Henry. All right, Davis, give it to me. Let's have it. I got to turn around when I listen. I think it makes a difference. I'm good. I'm quick. All right. Cool. Rob already knows how I'm there. Feels. Well, you know, you got to react quick, right? So, great tune. You know, that seems like a really nice tune. Uh, more bottom for me. More I bottom always for like me. some some booty. And I did check out the bottom the other day. Yeah, it sounds good though. I mean, but I don't think so, you know, that it like the balances of the main key. I could hear the vocal, I could understand the lyrics, I could hear all the parts. Like that part it had good energy. Like that part was really good to me. Okay. I think, you know, a mastering guy would fix that up just right. Nothing major to me. No crazy phase issues, nothing nothing um, crazy. In a nutshell, explain mastering because I get this question all the time from people that go does it have to be mastered before I submit it? Uh, so explain, I mean, here's a guy with, you know, with 100 gold and platinum records uh, who has spent virtually his entire adult life in control rooms. Um, so yeah, what is mastering in a sentence or two? So mastering, um, is, that's changed over the years. For today, mastering is, um, there's two pieces I think I should touch on. The first is that if they get a song, they wanna make sure the lows and the highs and the mids are all balanced and it has and it can be reproduced on different systems and still sound the same right so if you hear a Beatles record whether it's in an elevator or on your stereo it sounds pretty good and you, you have a really piss poor stereo or you ride around in really good elevators but okay <laughs> but that's the same thing whether it's pink or anybody else there's a consistency and they right. hear those things and they take the stereo mix and they do a little EQ maybe a little compression get the level where it should be 
you know, so, um, you know, com the level would be competitive with other things on the radio. Right, because that would be weird if one song was really loud and the next one you had to strain to hear it. Right, yeah. So, and if one had a ton of bass and one sounded really thin, you know, those are the, those are the things that they will even out for you. Sounds and um, the second piece is in the context of an album, if there are different producers, different writers, um, different mix engineers, they might be in different rooms and one song might have more bass, more treble, more volume. He's he's really trying to create a um, continuity. Homogeny. <laughs> a cacophony. <laughs> Let's throw out every big word we know, which I think we just did it. <laughs> we went through the whole you know, lexicon. My, right my wife gave me a word. I swore I was going to use it today. It's really? like, yeah, it's, it's, it, it describes, you know, the cauliflower and the broccoli group. Um, and it was a beautiful word, and I said, I'm going to use that on Taxi TV today. I'm going to have to text her. I forgot it. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, you want your album to sound, you know, cohesive and yeah. like a unit. So, you know, you might not only make all of the songs individually sound correct, but then within the whole, they should sound like they're part of a complete work. That yeah? sounds good to me. I, what I miss? Nothing. Um, cool. I don't even know. I think you've been around long enough. Excuse me, um, Rockstar makes me burp a lot. <laughs> anyway, back in my day, people were still mastering on a, on a Neumann lathe. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason that mastering came about was because the lathe would take a, a, a diamond cutting head and cut into a lacquer master that then was plated and used to stamp out all the, the vinyl discs. And if there was too much bass or too much amplitude, like a kick drum was too big or a snare drum was too big, the groove would get really deep and because records had two sides to them if the groove got too deep on one side you could actually hear what was on side a of the album when you flipped it over to play side oh, B. i didn't know that i thought i know the needle can skip and stuff that's interesting yeah you could actually yeah. hear print through from the other side and it would make the needle jump out of the track if there was too much amplitude so if the groove um was too shallow, but then something big came along, kind of like hitting a pothole in a boulder in a car. Hmm. So yeah, it was for technical reasons for reproduction more than it was aesthetic reasons, but then they learned to make it aesthetically cool. pleasing as well. Do you know, one more quick thing and then we'll get on to more music, which is computers as we know them now, didn't exist in the studio back when I first started out. No. So the mastering lathe at Criteria where I worked didn't even have a keypad to enter variables in for like depth and, and things like that. So there was a, a dial from a telephone. So if you wanted something to be, you know, 124, you had to go one, two, four on no. a dial. Good and that's Lord. how you input the information into the lathe. Well, now that you've showed your age, that's and I have shown my youth, <laughs> I'm pretty old. All right, let's listen to the second one, which you do. I like this name. It's called Blacklight by Ethan Akamura and Seth Littlefield, both of whom I know. Hi, guys. Let's do this. Oh. Like that snare.
good. Hello and hello. The crowd goes eight. Say Sounds what? good again. Well then, show's over. Show's <laughs> over. Uh, I like the automatic double tracking on the lead. That was interesting. That was done well, you know. Yeah. Uh, could use a little bit more bottom, but I'm starting to think it's your speakers. You know, you would think so. You would, but if you here's the deal: is I tweaked them sitting on that side of the desk, and it actually makes a difference, as we both know. Uh, a base waveform takes, I think, a, a low E is like 33 feet to develop. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, 27 feet, 33 feet. So there is. So a, I'll just go. There know, is a difference listening. Ten here. yards down the field. And <laughs> there is a difference from this side of the desk to that side of the desk. Uh, but I was coming back and forth the day that I tweaked the system. Um, good, good song, good mix. I think everything was well balanced, and again, I could hear everything. I mean, that's. I mean, I wish I had more to say. It sounds pretty good to me. Okay. Yeah. Well, then let's move on. Let's, let's hit another one. Number three. This one's called Survive, and it's by... I Lo Will Survive? No. Survive by Lola... I can never pronounce his name. It's Vietnamese. I'm going to say Nguyen. N-G-U-E-N? Yeah. Nguyen. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Hit it. Sure it is. <laughs> See, there's that bottom. Got it. You know what that sounds like? Money. <laughs> Very good. You're a clever man. Hey, I stayed up late. Let's see what else you got on here. <laughs> Gotta wait till the next till it's done. It sounded good uh, overall. Vocals too loud to me, especially for uh, hip hop. Got to take them down quite a bit, like four or five dB. Really? Me. Can we hear a little bit more of that, just to, so now that we know to look for that? Do you want from the? From um, the like thirty seconds in, or yeah, or from where you were, it's fine. That one's not too bad. That's a couple few dB hot. Yeah. 
I'd take them down. And yeah. then there were parts where they get louder where I think um, I think it's just too hot generally. i got to hear the beat more on that. Do you have any uh, big tips for recording and mixing vocals, kind of general things that are typically applicable maybe most of the time? Um, I do. Let me think about how to put it. Okay. So, um, in the world of computer recording, I always recommend hardware, preamps, and compressors. But nobody's going to listen to me on that, uh, except you... for a few people who might, but generally people don't. Okay, but setting so, that aside. So you're not talking about interfaces. You're talking about like a Class A preamp? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I 100% I believe that makes a difference, and not a little difference. Hmm. The second thing maybe on, you know, one of the things that I think is an easy... Um, um, an easy way to balance vocals. I, I don't want to get too too heavy into the um, the art of it, but I think a good you know I try to give ideas where it's not going to be like right. Only this works. Yeah, it, it this will this won't get you in trouble. Like that's that's what I want to give is something that isn't going to get you in trouble and is going to get you a couple inches closer or a couple of feet closer. And that is use a low compression, two to one. Mm. And you can hit it okay, meaning you can have a few dB of compression on it, you know, below the threshold so you see the meter moving. And I'd keep about a 10 millisecond attack on a vocal and a 50 to 100 millisecond release. And if you do that, you'll be in the ballpark. It won't mess you up and it'll probably sound really natural. So Fair how's enough. that for a tip? Oh, it's good. Uh, obviously, you know, there are a lot of variables, uh, you know, the word I'm looking for uh, well the type of song and the way the vocals delivered you know if it's a very staccato vocal it's going to be one thing if, if it's a lilty you know more legato approach then it's going to right be different but now we get into a whole nother thing right but simple there two, is. Two, two to one five ten millisecond attack 50 to 100 millisecond release yes you can go faster there are reasons that I'm sure people will write in and say, well, I like it this way. There's no wrong way, really, to do it. But that will, for those folks who are trying to just get the vocal to sit in the mix a little bit more, that's easy. Yeah, you know, I've never recorded a rap record in my life. And I've done a lot. I know you have. And I think I've mentioned this to you before. I used to love the DBX 160 compressor. People laughed about it back in my day. They thought it was kind of like... 160X? Or the uh, one with the meter? The one with the meter. Oh, the first, I love those. First 160. The 160Xs were pretty good. They were different, but they were good. Mm -hmm. uh, and people would walk in my control room like, why do you have those? Because they're great. I they loved great. them. First of all, they were great on a kick drum. Um, hmm. They were Slampy. Yeah, they had really fast uh, attack on them, inherently really fast. But I've always dreamed about recording a rap vocal using a 160 as the limiter on it or the compressor on it because it just had a sound to it that seems like it would work good with, with that kind of like staccato approach when people are doing their thing. Anyway, I'm sure it will. Those are someday, great boxes. Yeah, now they're like really expensive to buy. Buy me one. Okay. Um, 
I like everything in stereo, so buy me two. <laughs> they actually made a stereo version with one meter. You had to toggle back and forth. That was a big mistake on DBX's part. Did you ever use DBX multi-track noise reduction? I don't believe so. That was a trip. They were trying to compete with Dolby, and the DBX noise reduction was just... They got a lot of stuff right. That wasn't on the list, apparently. All right, this next one is from Brian Zilm, Z-I-L-M. Uh, this is called Baby I Do. Sounds good again. We have no bad taxi numbers. Not a one. You know, I got to tell you, what's it been, 22 years of the rally? Yeah, we're coming up on 23. And... Oh, sorry. Stop it. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing over there? Um, oh, my God, every year it just gets so much better and better and better and better. Everything sounds like records now, like final yeah. records. You know, back in the days of cassettes and stuff, it's like, man, it was, it's tough to have no home recording stuff, no tools. Yeah. It's hard. Everything got really good. So cool song again. Yeah, cool voice. Um, two, two little comments. Clap seemed a little loud, but that's my taste. And um, I think with those type of vocals, there's this, I hear a little short room in there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You could hear those reflections. I'd rather be a little more intimate personally, but. Could not agree more. <laughs> I was sitting here right off the bat. I thought the guitar was recorded from six inches away and the vocal sounds like he's 12 feet away. A and further it, away. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't cohesive. It didn't sound like the guitar player and the vocalist were one and the same. But I don't think in the, you know, in that, you know, to put it in perspective, right? So I don't think that changes it getting forwarded or not. That doesn't change no. my enjoyment of it. It's just we're just talking thing, mixed right? stuff, you know, just trying to educate the people. So and and I did have a thought when the rest of the band kicked in that at that point, um, having the short room on the vocal may have been more appropriate. But it might be a good idea to back that off when he first comes in. It's just the guitar vocal make them both intimate, so they felt like they were together. Yeah. But overall, really good. Okay. Got another one? Yeah, we do. This one is called Heads Up, and this is by Sherry Lynn Lee. Don't. 
good example of what mastering engineers do. Notice how the two levels aren't the same. another one I do I went shopping on Amazon two Sundays ago <laughs> I'm so easily pleased <laughs> hey I get no respect <laughs> a duck walks into the bar see Oh my God. Yeah, and to think, I used to sit behind an SSL every day, now I've got this. <laughs> All right. Volume way too quiet. That thing's got to get louder. The I what? Think. The volume, the oh, overall yeah. level. But um, but there's a lot of compression on that, it sounded like to me. So Overly so. Yeah, well, what, what hit me is, you know, again, a, a really good song is well done. The production is, seems really good. But, um, man, when that chorus came in, the whole thing got swallowed up to me. Like, that has to go, bam. Chorus comes in, bam. I a lot of times when I mix, I just get that chorus, and really? then I you make start sure with the chorus. I might, yeah. If I hear the song and I say, okay, I got to make sure that chorus has its its pop. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't pop, then you have nothing because that's the hook, right? And then there has to be this. To me, there has to be some change in the feel or the dynamics or something that happens in the chorus to identify it as what it is there has to be some something extra there and i think it got swallowed up in that mix you gotta let it fly you know you gotta let this that chorus come out and pop and you can't let the drums get swallowed up by the compression and stuff like that it's well, funny compression's a weird thing because you know immediately when you add compression it gives you a certain energy but then you know um sometimes less is more on that you know Something I learned when I used to, after I was mostly done making records and started doing jingles and mixing to picture and stuff in New York, uh, I was taught by my fellow engineers about doing what they called uh, New York style parallel compression. <laughs> that interesting, huh? <laughs> Rob, go, okay, here we go. Here no, we go. Last New York story. parallel compression. Here we go. Um, this is what I want to talk about. No, I'm just so, the guys would, um, they would take something that, I'm, let's say a gang vocal, you know, like a, a big chorus vocal, and they would go tape out or channel out, usually tape out, and go into a good stereo compressor um, and bring that up on its own pair of stereo faders, pan far left, far right, and EQ those, uh, but then balance that 
-hmm. with the original version. And they said the difference between what, the way we do it in New York and the way everybody else does it is the EQ that we add. I don't know if that's true or not true, but I always found that... Well, the way I do it yeah. is different than New York. It's different than L.A. What do you do, the Boston version? I do Boston compression, man, <laughs> yeah. and it's a secret. I can't even say If I told you what it was, I'd have, have to, to kill, kill you. Yeah, right. Then who would you hang out with on New Year's Eve and 4th of July? Guys from Chicago. <laughs> so, yeah, well, they have Chicago compression. <laughs> Lord. It's Mayor Daly. Um, anyway, so I... It always bothered me. I would try and use it mixing like really poppy sounding jingles um, because I wanted them to just kick you in the face. Mm -hmm. But the problem, I could hear the phase discrepancies. And, and no matter how... It's funny you should mention that. No matter how fast I made the attack on, on the parallel compression, I could hear, like when a vocal came in, you could hear a quick... All the time. It used to drive me nuts. What, have you had a similar experience? Well, there are different... Uh, I could talk for hours about this, but I'll make well, it Well, we've quick. got some time, so go for it. Mm, well, parallel, parallel compression is misunderstood a lot. Okay. But um, just to recap what you said, there's a, there's a sound, be it a vocal or a drum mix, mm -hmm. that goes clean straight through the console. And then you take that same signal, you make the same, you duplicate it, and then you compress the second signal and mix it in. The way you said it sounded made so much more sense than what I said, but yes, okay. think we're talking about the same now, thing. Now it becomes a matter of taste. How much of that is too much or too little, but you add it in, and the attack and release time of that compressor is a big deal. Really okay. big. Really big deal. But in modern digital audio workstations, there's, if you use an aux, there's a slight delay Right. in the signal, so it doesn't really function the way it would on a console. It's slightly different. So the latency is caused by computations going on in a chip versus signal I've, I've heard different technical explanations. I wouldn't dare to touch that. I just know that it sounds a little different. Better or worse or just different? Not even close. Worse. Okay. okay. But, so... Um, on my website, I hate to do it, this sounds like I'm selling something, there's a parallel drums compressor because I like to use parallel drum uh, compression, right? Is it finalmix.biz? Yeah. Okay. And that takes out the delay because it does it all on the same channel. So the parallel compression is all calculated at one time and summed back into the same channel. So you don't get that delay, right? Why did I invent that? Because I hated the sound that I was mm. getting in... Pro Tools when I did the parallel compression. Now, Interesting. This, this goes back five, six years, and the technology is even better now, so maybe that problem is less obvious. But when I get mixes from people, and I'm on one right now, where the guy used the parallel compression, and he used it through an aux, it doesn't sound right. I can hear that. Those so you're hearing his mix? and you crazy. You're hearing his mix, or, you're, or he laid the tracks down like that? Um, well, yeah, I have the I have all the individual tracks, and the drums are going through a drum aux and the parallel compression aux, where they have the compressors and the EQ, just as you described they would be. Okay. Exactly like that, coming back through an aux. Right. And I can hear that it's not really it's messing with the sounds. Like certain snares might sound really true and nice, but the kick doesn't sound quite right because. They're hitting the compressor a little bit differently, and it seems like there's a timing issue. So that's a dangerous game to play. I find it really dangerous on drums. 
Because Andy. then you've got to deal with things like symbol leakage, hi-hat leakage, all these things that can be hitting the threshold of the compressor, especially when you start screwing around with the EQ. Mm -hmm. um, so while you're optimizing for your tom-toms to sound big and rich and have a nice, you know. <laughs> a, a so you put the kick, the snare, and the toms through one parallel right. compression, and oh you put God. the overheads that's in the hi-hats and the stuff through the and other you, one, and, and then you, you, have you everything else. But it works. It sounds great, you know. If oh. you have the patience and the desire to get into that, which I'm one of those freaks that happens to dig that stuff. Does it sell one more copy of the record? It could. Really? I, I disagree with that. Now, it could get you more work as a mixer because your mixes sound... It does. It, it's it's really badass. <laughs> Nobody ever sat right, in their really car badass. and went, wow, I bet you they use parallel compression on those drums. But I, I, I would chase that dragon as well. I, I would spend hours trying to make it work because I tended to use it a lot on, you know, like, uh, you'll love it, it love it, on, on group vocals like that. And depending on the balance of the men and women in, in the group, it, it would react one way if the women were more um, predominant in, in the blend and a different way if men were, of course, because the frequency ranges were different and it hit, hit the EQ different and affected the threshold, all that stuff. So, Well, that's why I didn't want to get into all of that deeper stuff. But yeah, I well, like it. I like it an awful lot. A lot of people like it. Uh, I don't know that I there's been a mix in years that haven't had some form of it. Interesting. And what's what is the software that you sell that does it? Um, I can't remember. It's on the website somewhere. <laughs> Drum parallel compression or something. It's specifically for drums. All right. Because that's, that's what most people final like mix to do. Is. But don't go there and buy it yet because we're giving stuff away today. That's right. So there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that was an interesting convo. Um, Parallel compression. That'll everybody's mixes are going to get messed up now. <laughs> I know it takes a while to get a handle on it, right? Um, next one is called "The Good Life," and this is by Eric Briner. this is to my success <laughs> sounds great Something. maybe a little lower on the piano with touch a little hair more on the vocal but I, I thought that was right on man. I love the pocket and I kept oh, thinking this is kind of like a first cousin of Steely Dan or Steely Dan is the first cousin of this but Steely Dan meets uh, the guy that does uh, Toy Story a little bit uh, Randy Newman name? yeah 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 you know that little yeah. shuffle thing yep cool I like um, that one 
And now I'm wondering, does it sound bass light back there? No, it sounds okay. I think we're just too close for the... Okay. Um, so ignore all those comments that I said on the bass because they all sound a little light on the bass. They do, but it's where we're sitting. I, I really did optimize it for the other side of the desk because when I have the staff in here, we do like listening hangs, you know, on a Friday afternoon where we come in and listen to a bunch of stuff. And I Drink was wine? Uh, beer. Beer? Yeah, some wine. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Um, I like it. Yeah, we, we actually hang out and listen to music. What a concept. That was The Good Life. Now we're moving on to Seasons Change by Danny Ray Smith Jr. Everyone's saying bass is good. Good bass. What the hell do I know? I mean, there it is. <laughs> yeah, and the God. microphone's like a foot away from us. Hey. Say the right title, Seasons Change? Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Uh, so what you think? Turn up that little keyboard line at the beginning. I thought that was too far back. Okay. Um, too much harmonizer on the vocal. Okay. I backed that thing off a ton. Too much verb to me. I would dry it all up. Those are the big ones. And I feel like, um, you know, I get it. And I like the effect on the background and stuff. I thought that was an interesting decision. I like it. it. Took me a second, but I like it. I think it's pretty cool. Something that I hear in a lot of urban music across the board, all, all forms of urban, whether it's hip hop or R&B or e even urban influence pop, the hand claps and finger snaps have become so predominant in, in those genres kind of across the board that I find myself becoming numb to them. And when I take time to actually listen to a mix, I go, wow, they spent more time getting the hand claps and the finger snaps. It sounds like they put a lot of effort into that and they forgot about the vocals. And this was one of those cases where I felt like the vocal, they were asleep at the wheel when they mixed the vocal, but yet the, the hand claps or finger snaps just sounded awesome. Anyway. I mean, that stuff is important. It's all important, right? So, you know, we could... um dissect the little things like that but I feel like the oh, biggies that's what here to do. 
Well, the biggies to me, and it wasn't like I couldn't enjoy the song. So, yeah. I mean, these aren't massive, like, oh, my God, comments. I mean, turn up the keyboard line a little bit, see if you like it, you know. I'd like to hear that melody at the beginning. And then there's the harmonizer on the vocal. I think it's pro it's a harmonizer or a spreader or something. It was hard for me to tell. I don't think you need that much on it. And then um, a little less verb, you know. That's what was what the... The Fender Rhodes, modified Fender Rhodes, back in like 76 through maybe 82, was very popular. Uh, Dynamo. Uh, it was actually a Fender Rhodes that had been modified. It wasn't the, like you took it through some outboard or anything. Do you remember, Nate? <laughs> he wasn't born yet. No, but they used to put, you know, they put the tacks in them, and they'd, they'd, um, there was all kinds of mods that they had. I, I, I this know was like a, a super, like, you know who used it a lot? Doobie Brothers. Um, yeah. A really, really deep, rich phasing going on, uh, and mm. I think they called it Dynamo mod. Anyway, sounded great. I would have loved to have heard that on this. Not that this. I'm That's this not a thing. mix thing. No, but I'm just saying from an aesthetic perspective. Anyway, okay, moving on. Now we're going to a rock track called "Nowhere to Hide" by Daniel Kersey. C U R C I. I hope it Kersey. <laughs> $11.45 on Amazon. $8.95 on Amazon. Every time I... iCarly, priceless. Just use that. <laughs> I tell you what, this is going to fly in the face of everything. Oh, no. And that's the beauty of music and mixing. I love the overloaded drums and that stuff. Yeah. I just think that that's All cool, man. All buttons in, baby. I mean, just deck it out and crunch those things, <laughs> and it is fine. I like that, and I, I like the overloaded guitars. And you know what? I would go one step further, and I would do the same darn thing to the vocal, and I would put that thing through a Marshall or something <laughs> and just see how that thing goes. You know, I, Again, I think there's too much reverb on stuff, but, I mean, you know, with that kind of song, I just think everything has to overload. The tubes have to scream, and the transistors need to crackle, and the whole thing needs to shiver, and explode I just love overloading shit really I just do I mean if I got that record I'd be like okay what can I burn up today you know <laughs> give me some matches and back in me... my day we would go to any extreme to get rid of distortion now these kids today they just you know like want to add distortion on everything I don't get it I'm gonna let me tell you something there's there's um a record that I heard uh, five years ago or so called Kathleen. 
I tell everybody about this. The song is Kathleen? The song is called Kathleen, and the group is called Catfish and the Bottle Men. (laughs) It's like a life-changing moment when I heard the record. In fact... Should I have Bria see if she can find it? See if you can find it. Kathleen by Catfish and the Bottle Men. I don't know what that is, but that's not Kathleen. Sorry. So that record has this great... That's not it either. But okay. <laughs> Hello, McFly. <laughs> but it's cool. It's because it's got this overloaded sound, which took me a minute to figure out, you know. But it's cool. When was it recorded? Give um, or take. Five years ago, I'd say. Oh, just wow. about, so, you know, okay. really, really cool modern approach to um, stuff. And then we went to see him. Did you guys come with us? They couldn't, they didn't want to come with us. But it was good, really good show. The guy uh, came out in a white button-down shirt, and by a half a minute into the first song, it was just soaking wet. Wow. These guys rocked the place. It's great. Um, oh, found it. Let's have it. Let's listen to it. Here's your rock sound right here. And that thing, those, those, the, that just after rocks. started. It oh rocks. man, I'll give you that. It is. Sounds check, great. Check out that sound. It's so cool. Whoever mixed it had their act together. Did they? I love the mix on that. So do I. Yeah. Oh great. <laughs> I mean, whether it was intentional or not, the shit rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who am I to say? Well, you've got a couple of credits. I mean, that, that right there, I mean, the guitar vocal sound, there's distortion on the vocal, and there's a distortion on everything. But I was expecting it to sound like totally blown up, like, you know, Daisy Chain 1176 is all no, buttons. It's, <laughs> it's all musical, man. It's yeah. really good the way they did it. It's very clever. Oh, you know what I saw the other day? Sorry to digress. Um, I saw a plug-in that emulates all the best iron transformers used oh, yeah. back in. Yeah. I don't use it much. Really? No. Not call, but when I do use when there's a call for it, uh, it is called... Um, something weird like a Fudrack or something. <laughs> Some weird name. God, six million plug-in names. It'll come to me. All right. Well, anyway, I got really excited because... 
I love the sound of Transformers, the right Transformers. Not all Transformers really sound that good or that musical, but there are a couple of them that, if you look at it, if you scope them, where the harmonics are. Oh yeah, Cinemag makes great one, Jensen yeah. and Carnhill. You know, they get the, you know, Carnhill does the Neve stuff, right? And uh, I don't know. Those are, I mean, they really, Transformer makes a big difference. Yep. Big, big huge, difference. Huge. I, I run think the mix. It, so here's a tip. So I have two transformers that I just run the mix into. Um, real transformers. Honest to God transformers. So many years ago, um, oh, for about thanks. six months, we managed a band called Bob Goblin. They got a record deal mm -hmm. through Taxi, and they couldn't find a management company they liked, so we did a temporary stint as their management. They asked me to go to the mastering session, and I can't remember who it was, but it was a big famous mastering engineer. Everybody was out of the, the room, and he said to me, you're an engineer, right? And I said, yeah. He goes, check this out. This is how I really get my sound. And he went into the input side of an Ampex tape machine. Not even a really old one, but like Don't a get me started on the Ampex 350. And he said, this is Don't my... Don't do it. He said, this is my secret. It's just in and out of that tape machine. It just sounded amazing. Don't do it. I'm done. <laughs> Don't get me started on the Ampex 350 Why? and the 351. Don't do it. Okay. You know who you need to have on this? I'm going to tell you who, who you need to have on Taxi TV. Barry Rudolph. He mixed that record, didn't he? I think Barry. Why do I think that Barry Rudolph he did, mixed like, Paul Bob, and Oates and all kinds of great? I want to say man. that he mixed the Bob Goblin record. He may have. I mean, he's a phenomenal engineer, and um, he teaches at the uh, Musicians Institute or something now too. But also very active in his engineering career. And we have these talks. Yeah. Like this one I'm, that's about to happen. Okay. <laughs> Except we're going to be flying off into. Yeah. yeah. All right, next song is called I Won't Follow You. This is by Justin Mather and Jeff Greenleaf. Hey, guys. Hit that, sucker. We're happy to know Bria is not an OR nurse. <laughs> she normally does a fine job. I know. Normally in italics. <laughs>
I love it. Sounds like a modern David Gates bread America thing, but I gotta have a little more Fender bass. Boom, 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 boom. Gotta have a little more of that. Really great though. Sounded good. I love the snare. I, I was sitting there going, okay, is is that going through a Neve plugin or an API? Nah, plugin? That's some sample. Come on, man. <laughs> I, yeah, but somewhere there's either <laughs> Neve or API involved in that to sound too. It certainly wasn't MCI. I read something the other day. Somebody sent me an email saying your old MCI from Triad Recording. Somebody saw it online. It said because uh, it was for sale, and somebody said, "Yeah, Neil Young comes a time is recorded on this." So of course I had to go track it down, see if it was like cheap enough that I could just buy it and stick it in the garage just so I could have. How much was it? It was nineteen thousand dollars, but sold already. Um, anyway, uh, it, it was those consoles sucked. <laughs> I, was, just, I didn't want to say that out loud. Oh man, they but were, I was thinking that. And all these reviews are like, oh, one of the greatest sounding consoles ever. It's like, hello, did you ever use the damn thing? Terrible. I had to work so hard to make anything sound good. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Okay, uh, G. Parned, I know you've passed away, so I'm not going to speak disrespectfully of your gear, but man, oh man. The preamps and EQ in that thing, major work. Uh, yeah, first time I got my hands on SSL, I felt like I fell into a tub of honey. I was so happy. <laughs> okay, this one's called... Have you ever been in a tub of honey? Because uh, I have. Where's that town in Mexico? <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, just outside of Tijuana, <laughs> work it. This is called Work It by Robert Davidson. It's funk. Come on, come on, get up today. I'm the dude, got the shake it, Julia through. Very sax. Got to work it, and you gotta smile. You got to be moving, looking so fine. You got me here grooving. Well, cowbell. And at a good level. Sounds good. I got it. Ooh, and then a solo coming in. We just missed the, missed the, missed the solo. Solo, I could barely hear it. <laughs> never heard that before. <laughs> Thank you. Um, vocals too damn loud again, man. Give me that band. Give me that funky band. Give me that funkiness. That's it. Give me too much okay. vocal. You know, um, here's the thing. Baritone sax. Gotta love a Barry sax. You can't go wrong with a Barry sax. That's what I've been saying. What am I saying here? What have I been for years? What? More Barry sax? More cowbell, more Barry sax. <laughs> nice Jewish boy. It just has bar mitzvah. Barry sax from New Jersey. <laughs> Sometimes your shit just goes so out there, man. I mean, it's just... Oh, who could pass up a good bar mitzvah joke? Um, oh, my God. Oh. 
how many more? One, two, three, four, five. I'm trying to make this work within time so we have time to get Nate and Kaylee on camera over here. All right, let's move on. This one is called That Feeling Taking Over, and this is by Steve Barua from Australia, and I'm guessing he's probably not awake, but let's find out. <laughs> My top end is so good at my age. Kiss the hat. <laughs> Kiss the hi hat down a DB and print it. There you go. All right. Good job, guy or Stephen. Um, where am I? Here I am. When I Miss You by Andrew Hand, and this is Rock. Can hear everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, I, I'm 
thinking in retrospect. Honestly, I wasn't paying that close attention. So you were digging it. I was digging it. That's all it, it takes. I, I was actually listening to the song and not the mix. There you go, man. Uh, which is a it. good sign. That's what I'm saying. That. What am I talking about? Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. What the hell's going on over there? I don't know what's going on with disco today. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Um, oh, uh, while Bri is sorting that out, what did you think of the firework kick drum? Pretty good. They used it. I, you did? Yeah. I used it. <laughs> every year, the Shirelli's and Alaska's go to see fireworks together. And every year, I turn to Rob when they have one of those big ones with the big percussive thing, and I go, that would make such a great kick drum. So his son, Robert, recorded it on his phone. Rob went right home from the fireworks this year. Of course, as I would. Yeah, you would, and <laughs> sent me the raw version with the reverb. was crazy on that. Um, right. And, and then a truncated version, and I took that attack, mixed it together. Sounds good. Cool. You know what you can do? You can give that up to all the taxi members that want an. Ex well, it's not an explosion anymore, but it is a fine kick. Fireworks raw. Let's see how we do here. Oh, you know what? You're gonna mess up the whole telecast yeah, if you I do am. that. If I do that, uh, yeah, never mind. The telecast. Uh, I, I actually called somebody the other day, a taxi member that had a, a problem or a compliment or something, and he goes, I can't believe I'm talking to the guy I see on TV all the time. That's and you? I, and I had to think about that. I went, oh, you mean taxi TV? This isn't like real TV. Hey, man. <laughs> all right. Um, next, we're going to a song called Think About Me, Thinking About You by Ricky Archuleta, singer-songwriter. Think about me, think about you. Mm-hmm. Think about me, thinking about you. That melody guitar thing at the very intro, yeah. way too loud. You know, it's nice to have things understated now and then, you know? You can keep that stuff low. Um, I'd like the vocal to be a little more in your face, maybe a little less affected on the verb and stuff. I would completely agree with that. Those are the two big ones. I felt that the song had the potential to be very emotional, very touching very um, intimate, person to person. And because of the way it was mixed, it took away from the intimacy of the song. That's you interesting. Put, you you know. put something in a big room, it's the audience is over there. 
or the person you're saying it to is over there. Whereas what she was saying was, well, I'm not going to say because people think that. Let them interpret the lyrics on their <laughs> own, for God's sakes. What am I saying here? I don't know. What do you exactly? What? <laughs> the uh, the audience gets it. I hope. Yeah. The um, sometimes the hardest thing is not to screw it up in the mix. You know, just to leave things alone, right? That's what I find. I mean, sometimes I get a song and I think, "Ooh, I better not screw this one up." It's a really good, really good song, and pretty much it's right there. And um, over mixing is a thing, right? And overthinking is a thing. And um, maybe the simplest, uh, the littlest amount, the smallest amount you can do is the best thing. You don't have to turn the knob because it's there. Right. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Um, sometimes a mic and a guitar and keeping your you know, hands off of the dials is the best decision, right? How much of the material that you didn't engineer that you ultimately mix comes to you where you could essentially throw the faders all up to zero and it's pretty darn close because the engineer had the foresight to kind of lay the tracks down relatively balanced. Do people still do that or is that not a thing anymore? Um, with digital workstations, they add the plugins, they export the stuff. Well. This is a good point to me to talk about the high fields. Okay. They send me stuff and I put it up and it sounds like a record. Right. I just have to do a little thing here or there and sometimes they like it, sometimes they don't, sometimes it's cool and sometimes it isn't, but it's really right there. The guys, the people who have the experience and, um, you know, they, and people who do it all the time figure out that certain things just work consistently it's like anything else throwing a baseball or whatever I think that um, to answer your question if I get songs from the best producers tend to give me a project that sounds really really good the moment I put it up and it becomes a matter of taste what is my taste that I would add into it do I like a little reverb, some depth. Do I want to put the vocal a little further forward? Do I want to make the drums hit a little harder? It becomes a matter of taste, not a matter of, you know. Right or wrong? Yeah, most okay. of that. And I feel like, and even listening to these songs, that we've listened to maybe a dozen now or something. Yeah, I think we're up to 14. That we've so they all have really good things in place and they all have the basics down and they all have the right sensibilities you know and it becomes what I'm talking about is taste I'd rather maybe not have you know so many effects on the vocal on a particular song but that's my taste you know maybe I want the drums to be more forward or the vocal to sit back in the mix on the rap song when I mentioned that earlier but that's my taste it's not a right or wrong right I mean it can be to a point but that's just you know, having done it so much, it's I don't have to listen to the whole song and take a bunch of notes. You know, it strikes me as, you know, I hear a little bit, I think immediately, nah, I'd immediately take maybe some, some of the, the room vocal out, leave the vocal right in your face on that acoustic song, and then, you know, maybe, um, you know, when I heard that rock song, I immediately thought, I just want to turn knobs and get that thing to just overload, right? So that's my instinct. 
not that it's right, you know, it might resonate with the engineers and the producers and the artists if I'm the mix guy, then um, and if they're all the better. And sometimes I do crazy things and they say, man, you just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> start again tomorrow. It doesn't happen too often, praise the Lord, thank God. But uh, yeah, good. <laughs> so yeah, you know, we try things and sometimes the ideas suck, you know, but you try them. Uh, one of the people who trained me back in the day uh, was a guy named Jack Adams and Jack once said to me think of it in terms of light and shadow are you painting a Picasso or are you painting the Mona Lisa because the the, sh the light and the shadow from the Mona Lisa probably wouldn't look right on a Picasso so everything's got a, a context mm -hmm. and he was really big on helping me understand context because that does matter I, but then again sometimes you need to paint outside the lines and, and blow context up and it works but you have to know when it does or it doesn't and sometimes you have to take a shot you know yeah I mean I have producers that like me to keep strictly to their demos and right. sometimes the artist is in love with the demo and you don't want to deviate too far for maybe political reasons or just to be sensitive to what they like, you know. Other times, I, people say, you know what, I never really got this feeling the way I wanted to. You have complete whatever. Wow. And then you do what you do. It, it could be anything in between. So um, I think the people who, this is now getting off the subject, but my sense is the people who have the most open mind who know what they they have they can make decisions but they have an open mind to try things mm -hmm. tend to be the more successful people that I've encountered that they're open-minded to new ideas but they still know what they want and is this you know they they're steering the ship in the direction right and and I mean you know guys yeah throughout the years tend tend to want to hear the idea of whoever they're hiring, if it's a bass player or a sax player or a singer or a mixer, and then they hear and, and they decide, and then they guide it because one idea could trigger a, a half a dozen other great ideas, you know? So it's like anything else. Many times I'm mixing and someone will make a suggestion and I'll say, in my mind I'll say, that, I don't think it's going to work, but I won't say it because way too often maybe that idea didn't work but then when I hear it it triggers a different idea or it evolves into something that turns out to be very cool and you have to be a psychologist you can't say you're so messed up because you have to get no, them to, to say go, I'm right wow you know if people come to their own best conclusion because you don't shut them down that that's a good thing well that I wouldn't right but the idea yeah. would be is just you know because I've been on the other side years ago if I had an idea and I wanted to try it, and if somebody wouldn't try it, I'd for the rest, for, for weeks, be like, I wish I tried that idea. And they wouldn't let me try it. They shot it down without giving me the opportunity. And, and I, meaning if I was the artist, and they wouldn't listen. That's a problem, really, when you think about it. Just try the damn idea, you know, get it out, and if it doesn't work, it'll be abundantly clear, you know, and it's much easier to just try That's it. That's what I'm talking about. When everybody in the room goes, 
all right, we tried it, didn't work. In 99% of the time, it does go that way, where it is abundantly clear. Yeah. So if you one put way up, or the other. If you put up the brick wall in the beginning, they will always walk out of the control room thinking, I wish he'd let me do that, or I can't believe he didn't let me do it. So I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Opening the door open, and then letting them realize that it sucks. Let it fly. <laughs> okay, next one's called Born to Be by Mark Vidaver. We, we skipped one. If you oh, we skipped, one. sorry, we skipped Boom Boom. Sorry, this is Boom Boom by Dan Holtziger. Boom, boom, boom. Let's do it. Just two booms. bottom end I, it's tough to tell from here but okay. you know that's everybody likes bass man everybody bass is good alright now we're going to Born to Be by Mark Vidaver Born to Be <laughs> tighten those guitars up right off the bat I mean I'd have to slide them into the pocket I just have to do it they're um you yeah. know would drive me crazy but um and then I would treat it like a Ramones record or something I would just again I would just start crushing shit um um you know that guitar part reminds me a little of I Can't Explain by The Who Mm-hmm. And uh, I go after something like that that has that 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 edgy um, yeah. British. In the nineteen eighty four reverb on the snare, <laughs> I once got a brand new Lexcon two twenty four XL. 
and everything Big I bucks. did. Yeah, everything I did for a month sounded like that. Yeah, I don't. I, I like the. I think the snare sounded fine. Like that didn't bug me. Really, was it too? To me, it no, sounded like it's all right, really yeah. dated sounding. But whatever. No. I okay. Think it's all right. I just I tighten up the guitars and go Ramones, man. I do like. Um, who was the group that did Talking in Your Sleep and What I Like About You? Oh. Da-da-dum. I can't think of it. Anybody? The Romantics, right? So you check they out actually, those. The they box. actually recorded a criteria. Great band, yeah. man. Yeah, Great that kind of sound and that approach where it's not like super tight, it's kind of loose in a cool musical way. Yep. Fun. That'd be in the mix approach, I would say. All right, last one, and then we're going to have uh, the Highfields come over and say hi, and we're going to give away some software. Uh, this one's called Frankie's Kitchen. Cool title. And this is by Gary Clute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tiny red sparkles shine On the final diner chair Sweeping flour into the floorboards Blows back a whistle pair She moves from room to room In the murky yellow light Transistor stains the silence in the naked summer night. Across the moon, the clouds waft over Frankie sways and sways. She's liquid with the music as she thinks of other days. She imagines he is waiting. Scarf of smoke is blowing. Kiss in Frankie's kitchen was the first time and the last. Now the trees cradling. Yeah, it's gonna repeat. That's cool. How did you know that? I think it's going second verse, second chorus, maybe a bridge chorus out, but that's just a guess. Really good one. Oh, Sounds fine. That that that... The vocals loud to me, you know. Yeah, really loud. In the beginning, it was like. Wow, yeah, I don't think it needs to be that full. You know, it's important to have the vocal and the lyrics up front, but I don't. The, not so much. I gotta say, want to compliment you on the fact that the kick and the bass were actually perfectly matched. Just saying. On the record? Yeah, on that mix that yeah, it, they weren't in fine. relation. The vocal was like way up there, but um, I. I honed in on the, the kick and the bass and went, wow, that was the best kick and bass relationship I think I heard, at least sitting where we are today. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That's it. All right. I mean, these so, are simple things. You know what it's come down to? The same questions we get every year at Taxi. How do you get the vocal to sit right? How do you get the bass to sit right? You know, like good, I think almost... Good planning in the arrangement. Arrangement is a big part of it, but that's it. I mean, it's all... It, you know what? It comes down to the vocal in the end. It really does. Yeah. I mean, you and I might buy a record because it has a good kick or snare in it or something, but um, the vocal placement is the, is the, is the thing, yep. you know, all that, the vocal approach and, and making sure the rest is pretty well balanced and the overall level is solid. You're a big fan of the uh, don't strive for perfection approach because it'll just drive you crazy, and I think that that's, right. that's a, a well-founded idea. That yeah think about what's important and try and see it from the consumer's perspective or the listener's perspective it's like what's what it what will move them 
You know, there's so many great records. When I look at the, the records that I love throughout time, there's always mix issues, and yeah. production issues. And the Beatles records, the Stay Left stuff, because it sounded good. They didn't maybe didn't sound perfect, but it sounds great. I mean, I'm so glad they didn't fix every little darn thing, because I think that would take away. I'm so glad you and I got to spend three and a half hours at dinner with Jeff Emmerich. Oh, man, it was I, something else. Man, that that was like... Yeah, it was a good. lifelong dream, you know, to sit there and be. He was so cool, just like, sure, ask me anything. It was awesome. You know, uh, that was a special night. Really was. Thanks yeah. for that. Oh, man. There's nobody I would rather have on a date with me than you, Rob. With, with Jeff With Jeff Emmerich. <laughs> <laughs> or George Martin, right? <laughs> You might keep George to yourself, but I mean, that's out of the question. Now. But you met George Martin. I, you worked with him, didn't you? Hold on. Oh, my God. Hold on. What have I done? Uh, maybe nothing. Cause... If I remember, it was a high school... Recording. Something. I'll be right back. Okay, so... <laughs> come on over, guys, and say hello for a second, because Michael has gone to the bathroom, apparently... You can go over there for say hello. I'm now taking over as host of TV Taxi. Say that's Nate. That, Hi. That's Kaylee. That's Nate. Nate Kaylee. <laughs> so yeah, what do you want? talk to him? We're just talking. I just thought it would be I'm different sure not to have me around I'm today. Taking, I don't want to take Michael. No, no, that's okay. No. I'm, I'm still looking for this photo. So while we do that, now that you've met, now hold on. So I have to let everybody know because I always give away something. A taxi. But I keep forgetting what I gave away. Okay, hold on. There we go. Okay, here it is. Here it is. So the code is TAXI2019. Get half off everything. Why? Because I can't remember what I gave away already. But if you don't want half off anything, that's cool. You get the free mastering plug-in, but use TAXI-TV as the code. Okay? So for all the rest of the month, you can. Well, I guess this is going worldwide, so whoever gets this gets it for free. So it's taxi-tv, and you get the free mastering plug-in. And if you already have it, well, you can get 50% off of anything else if you use that code. Uh, or don't get anything. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that nobody's going to want it. No, no, stay there. Um, okay, so let's see. Oh, my God. Wait a second. I'll, let me hold this up here. You can explain the picture. That's okay. There's George Martin standing up. There's Mikey kneeling down in the front row. Holy! Come back this way. Ooh, it's hard, go. isn't it? There yeah. I am. So this was on the movie Honky Tonk Freeway, and we were recording a marching band on a football field in stereo, so that you could actually. This was in <laughs> 19, what? like somewhere around 19. 76, 77, 78, somewhere around there. Oh wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And so the best part was when we were done with the session, George Martin came and hung out in the remote band with us, just sat on the floor, crossed his legs. Everybody was smoking. Come over weed. here, they can't see you. No, you can you. sit. He I'll doesn't care. Here, I'll, we'll we'll just, there. We'll just we're all going like to stand up. Here, here, I'm going to go lean up, kneel down. Here, anyway, uh, yeah, we were all just hanging out. It, you know, like you're for, not on TV. You look, you for, look like, like silly, Michael. Sit down. We were all hanging out after the session for like two hours, just 
some people, not me, some some of the people may have been smoking weed. Uh, and there's George Martin sitting out telling us uh, all about Beatles records. It, it was an incredible day. And he was a gentleman's gentleman, got to say. Did you tweet Amazing. about it at the time? No. Um, <laughs> I did not. I didn't live tweet either. You didn't tweet, live tweet, or Instaface? No, I didn't. Um, so what do you want to talk to the Highfields about? Other than, do you guys know that we're going on main stage with you this year? I heard something about yeah. The big stage That's at the Road right. Rally. <laughs> Yeah. I've got to say, I, I've known these guys not as long as Rob has, but I met them when they were like 13 years old. <laughs> no, they were very, uh, very talented, very young in the industry. And I remember we went out to lunch and we were, I think, sitting in a booth somewhere like Agora Deli or somewhere. And, yeah. and I said, whatever Tim Myers is doing, he's figured it out. So listen to Tim Myers. <laughs> and it's worked out quite well. Totally. Yep. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> has. We are forever indebted. Well, I'm very, very proud of you guys. They, they, everything they do musically is just awesome. Um, where can they go hear some of your stuff? Um, on TV, on the radio. <laughs> no, I mean on, on the internet. Uh, uh, probably Spotify, you know, yeah. Highfields, and uh, that would probably be the best place. Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, they don't only do stuff for commercials, but a lot of their stuff ends up in commercials mm -hmm. because they're like, real artists uh, making music that would go on albums and, and that's what advertising agencies want now. Uh, I was moderating a panel in Hawaii a couple of weeks ago and I remember a couple of the people who were uh, music soups that do a lot of commercial stuff and they would ask people when they would hear it, did you write that specifically for Sync? Because mm -hmm. it sounds really good but it's a little contrived mm -hmm. and your stuff doesn't sound contrived but it's immediately obvious that it would work well oops, in the context of a commercial yeah and that's a hard line you know it's like it is i mean you know what you're doing clearly by now you know you're on a mission to make stuff that would work well in commercials but you keep the artistic but, yeah, integrity it's mostly just we want to write songs we love right and you gotta love it yeah <laughs> well it, it sounds like else. you love it yeah it really does um i spent a couple hours in here uh, i don't know two weeks ago or so um and then I was listening to some stuff by an artist named Lena Dove and, uh, and going, wow, there's uh, another artist that really gets it. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. She did. Yeah. That's pretty good, Michael. <laughs> Lena Dove. Lena That's Dove. right. That's right. Look that up. Well, yeah. Not much to find, but soon there will be. Soon there will of. be. So, um, okay, one more reminder about this. All right. Yep. Wow. Expires July 31st. That should be plenty of time. Right? I, I would think I was going to tell you to kill it by midnight tonight, but hey, it's OK. All right. Yeah, um, we haven't released software in a while. I got a whole bunch more coming and I feel bad because I think I've given it all away on taxi. So I <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've noticed people saying really good stuff about your software on uh, on our forum. So yeah. with that, um, yeah, we haven't figured out 100% what we're going to do with you guys on, on the big stage this year, but Rob and I were talking about it on the 4th of July, and it sounds like it will be largely modeled on what you did in the 200-seat theater last year, and I'm excited to have cool. everybody be able to see what you guys are doing. Um, it, you guys, you'll find it inspiring. You really will. You, you'll listen to it go, oh, now I get it. Wow, I can do that. So there you go. And you can. I mean, there's no question about it. Mm -hmm. It, nobody said it's easy. No, it's not easy. Um, but, but it's doable. 
Yeah. yeah. It is yeah. absolutely, you've got to really want it and really work at it. It's not going to happen in a week. <laughs> is that a fair statement? That's fair. That's very fair. That's fair, yeah. You know, I think what was great about last um, November when we did it is that the people that were there they really asked really great questions and they gave them the straight answers like that's a big deal so getting the real truthful answers whether you like those answers or not are big right yep and absolutely um, and i feel like earlier when you described taxi and the people there that's that's probably the biggest difference not only it's just it's a good event and people um they're, they're good to hang out with, but you get the you get the unvarnished truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I feel like that's made all the difference for us. And nobody's going to benefit from people stroking your ego or lying to you about yep. how hard it is, any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Oh, good to see Yay, you guys. Good to see you too. <laughs> Thanks for letting us crash. The oh, any time. Yeah. Actually, uh, I. I actually thought of after spending the fourth with Rob and the fam that we should have you come and do an episode, but I don't want to, like, you know, give away what you're going to do at the road <laughs> rally. Yeah. So if we could come up with something that isn't the same stuff that you do at the road. You know what? Yeah. Maybe we should do an episode where we dissect, like, four of your songs. Um, take them awesome. apart and say, okay, this was our mindset when we started out. Um, we did the melody first or we had like a lyric mission that we were on because we knew we wanted to write something that would work well for fashion and that was our only mandate was that you know whatever yeah so yeah we should do that that'd be awesome okay cool um that's it uh thank you rob always good to have you on thanks for having me i love having you on the show good to hang out man um next week Michael Lloyd will be here. I'm not saying anything. Right, we have a secret. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> That's it. Oh, thing. Kaylee, can you do me a favor and hand me that pink thing down there, buddy? Yes. Thank you. Because we can't close out the episode without, without music. The Taxi TV theme song. All right, with that, thank you all. Uh, thank you guys for all being here. We will see you next week for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live.